Yes, you feel it. 
to the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Raleigh, North Carolina, in radio host. Patricia Waterbury, playing all of your favorite hits. NFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York. 
Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world.
hang all the mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. This Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. This Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. Whoa, uh, we're caroling through the uh,
are right at the top of the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm radio host, Patricia Waterbury, with the very best in quartet and contemporary Christian music. Join me every morning from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Please visit our website, nfiradio.com. Now back to more gospel music. to the hospital a few weeks before dad had passed away dad said son I want to talk to you he said first thing I want you to know is I'm proud of you he said you carried me all over the country if I needed some water, you were there. If I needed some food, you were there. He said, I'm proud of you. He said, as long as you live, I'll never die. He said, you walk like me, you act like me, you look like me. He said, but I got something I want you to do. I said, what is that, Daddy? This is what Daddy told me, the song. I'm depending on you to prove the family through. I'm depending on you to prove the family through. I'm depending on you. Thank 
I don't want none of y'all to cry. He said, y'all don't even have to wipe the tears from my eyes. He said, I don't want you in the can't spirits to be walking around with your head hung down. He said, every time y'all boys get on the floor, I want you to say, I tell the time, I will come down. I'm depending on you.
Where are you tonight? You can't make it by yourself. You can't carry it low by yourself. You got to look up. You got to look up. You ought to look up right now. You ought to look up right now. And say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You all I have. You all I have. I ain't got no you're, you're in the mix. You're in the mix. With the world's freshest DJ. Keep it locked. Keep it locked.
is tell them what you want. Can we sing a little bit of that one? Come on, put some hands here.
to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina, and radio host, Patricia Waterbury, playing all of your favorite hits. And now, I don't know about you, but I am ready for the man of God, who is a preacher, a teacher, and a giver. Now without further ado, let's welcome back.
Join us with an open heart and a listening ear and let a friend know we are on the air. Please pray for Overseer William Eli Radcliffe as he gives us a divine word from heaven. Now, Pastor Radcliffe. God for being here today, Pastor, First Lady Emerson, and First Lady in her absence, and all the saints, mm, hallelujah, and friends, those who come to hear a word today, we had a toss-up where the pastor said, who wants to go first, and I think I should go first, because I find that um, Elder Hunter, he likes to put that punch on things, but um, I'm going to start it off because um, when I got the text, it said a child is born, a son is given. And we all know that in the Bible it says there's wars and rumors of wars. And we start thinking about how, you know, came time for Jesus to come into this world. Yeah. And they, they oftentimes they talk about slavery and parallelism, you know, when it comes to black people and the Bible and how we have to have this faith to overcome and, the, the hope, you know, that we have to keep, yeah. you know, enduring and, and faith without works will be dead. But see, uh-huh. we're at a tumultuous time where a child is born and a son is given. And you, you say, well, what are you, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that you could go back into time and understand what's going on here with the prophet Isaiah. And see, uh-huh. interesting thing about prophet Isaiah, you know, you, you, you know, you have this, you know, prophet, he's there, but he comes into the forefront. But before that, the prophet Isaiah was just killing put it in our, in our uh, uh, culture, Ebonic. He was killing because what happened to Prophet Isaiah wasn't doing a whole lot until you read the year that King Uzziah died. That's when the Prophet Isaiah came into his full fruition. And see, what happens is now we find with the black church is one of those things that you're going to find there are going to be sons who are going to rise up when somebody dies. Because what has happened is we, we got to a point where we say, and when it comes to the, the black sons, it's hopeless. And see, when it came to a time that, you know, the parallelism with Jesus is that, you know, Joseph and Mary run around trying to find somewhere to have the baby. Uh-huh. And from lying, so you're preaching your lying. Because you know, now when you find they end up in a stable. See, that's so interesting. If you ride up and down Newburn Avenue, you see many black men and women that are homeless. You know, they're not only singles, but you find that married couples are also a, a homeless. And this morning I'm watching TV on you know, Popeyes. I saw the Popeyes screen where you order from, and there was a man, somebody's son, that was shot this morning and was over at Wake Med trying to recuperate from it. So, see, what's happening, we got to understand that we always talk about the reason for the season, but you got to understand black, my, my, my black brothers, you know, and my black sons, that we are living just like Jesus. What are you talking about? 
When Jesus was getting ready to come into the world, they were going to find that baby and kill him. Uh-huh. Find the baby and kill him. You have a that you know, preacher, you're lying. Because I'm here to let you know that right now, if it says it's a black male fetus, it's a, a, a mark on that child. Because what happened? Jesus didn't come here with an easy life. And when we're here in this life, you find that his mother coddled him. His mother said, okay, you know, Herod's still running around trying to kill you. You know, and they ain't worried about the other kids. But you got to remember, Jesus had other brothers and sisters now. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. They won't they won't answer. They will answer Jesus. So Mary said, we got to get her out of here. So they got up and they went over to Egypt. See, they got to tell the whole story. There's more than waiting for three wise men, these three kings, come bearing gifts. Those gifts come with a price. Uh-huh. And that price is your life. And see, what happened is you'll find that all of a sudden, the next thing you know, when Jesus pops up, he's sitting in the temple. He's down in the temple. And you find that in the old days, when it comes to our black community, the young men will sit at the feet of the elders. When they used to go to the barber shop, oh, hallelujah. They used to go to the barber shop, you sit there, they're playing checkers. They're playing chess. And they're also talking about what, you know, what churches are doing and, and how also talking about, hey, somebody's hiring down the street. But now when you go to the barber shop, they got anything and everything on the videos, little kids in there, and they're talking about how they want to stay young forever. And see, we got to get this thing that even Jesus knew that he was not going to stay young forever. So he said, now nah, it's about me to be about whose business? My father's business. So now we find that a child is born, a son is given into this world. It's get to a point, I'm here to let you know, mamas, you got to let them know they got to be about the father's business. But then we flip the script. So many fathers have these sons and they won't even give them a glass of water. You get yours like I get mine. What happened to that culture that we said it takes a whole village? Uh-huh. Is that true it takes a whole village? Are we still part of the village? And we are part of the village because we are born and shaped in iniquity. Yes. Born and shaped in iniquity because man, a woman born, man is born of a woman, woman is born of a woman. But these days are long and dutiful. Yes. Uh-huh. And you got to be ready to change when it comes time that God calls you in a quiet, still voice. Because what's happening is that now our young sons are not hearing the voice. They hear a voice of hip-hop. They hear a voice of rap. To hear a voice of that lady or that boy in their ear, like, you want to do this, you want to try this, you know. But here I'm going to let you know, try Jesus. He's still alive. Uh-huh. But see what happens, we're not to that point where we understand a child is born and a son is given. Because what we used to do, we looked out for our own daughters and sons from the cradle to the grave. Why do you say to the grave? Because right now we have senior citizens wondering why or not their son, mothers wondering why their sons aren't coming to visit them in the nursing home. Why did I visit an assistant living facility? Because we left God out of the equation. Uh-huh. We give a bunch of Christmas gifts, but all of a sudden we drop off with the Christmas gifts. Uh-huh. Oh, money getting a little tight this year. I didn't get that stimulus check from COVID. It's run out. Or, or I, you know, I got laid off from my job. And even now it's already stated that the unemployment, unemployment rate amongst black males has gone up. See, I follow these things and what the trends are going on. It's okay to be behind this pulpit. But you got to understand that when you're a man of God, it's not right here in the pulpit. You go to the highways or the hedges. Uh-huh. And when you go to the highways or the hedges, you go out there to see what's going on. And then when you find that you what's going on, you bring it back to the storehouse. Uh-huh. He said, we got to wrap it up because out there right now, you know, we're losing our sons in society. 
And so we find that we didn't lose Jesus because what it's talking about here? Isaiah said we have a problem. The Syrians, that's right, the Syrians, the same battles that are going on right now over in Palestine. They've been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And, and now they talk about all this anti-Semitism. But see, y'all need to understand what Semitism is. Semitism is something, a situation where the African-Asia con- con- concept where you find over in that area the Arabic language that you speak. Because if you go over there right now, you go to Israel, the Israelis look like the Palestinians. The Palestinians look like the Israelis. The original people over there, you cannot tell the difference because they're Isaac and Ishmael. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to anti-Semitism, it has a vast array. It doesn't necessarily mean the Jewish people. And I'm here to let you know that we got some sorting out to do because in the reason for the season, this is the time that we really have to sit down and learn why we're in the midst of understanding God, Uh why we're in the midst of understanding Jesus. Because the parallelism of what Jesus went through and what our young sons are going through is still going on. Because now we have to understand that they have this school pipeline to prison. And on that school pipeline to prison, it hurt me so bad. I said, 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 they're going to sit there. The Lord started speaking to me. They're going to sit there. They're going to fact check. Yeah. They need some evidence. I, was, I went through Social Behavior Magazine you know, this morning. It's a chapter nine. Framing black boys, parents, teachers, and student narratives of academic lives of black boys. It's by an author named Stephanie J. Rowley. The discourse on black boys tends to suggest that black boys are in complete peril. We began with evidence. Not just saying this and that, but evidence that black boys are excelling in certain contexts in, in certain states, certain schools, and certain courses. What they're excelling in is not academics. We then discuss the ways in which the narratives used by parents teaching black boys themselves may serve to further reinforce views that black boys are beyond hope. And you notice they say what the parents, the teachers, and even the black boys themselves have given up on hope. Research on black parents suggests that they tend to view their sons as vulnerable, which the mothers do, being very doting, and have lower expectations for their sons than their daughters. Studies of teachers show that they tend to view black boys as unteachable, as a social problem, and as scary as it may be. Research on black boys shows that they are sometimes complicit in supporting these narratives by engaging in negative or stereotypical behavior. Sounds familiar. The thing about it, you know, they, they call Jesus' behavior negative, right? It's the miracles that he was doing. They said it was negative. You know, there's something wrong here. But we find that over here, Prophet Isaiah said, we're in this calamity, we're fighting. But in these times like these, there's somebody coming on the horizon. But the key is that you got to know who's coming on the horizon. You got a key to know who you had your faith in. Because I'm asking you the question today, what is a son and what does he mean to you? And we know the adjectives Isaiah described are, are very eloquent because he said that the son is coming. He's coming to deal with the government, which means he's going to be responsible. He's coming as wonderful, which means he's going to enlighten you to what's going on. He's coming as a counselor, which means he knows something a counselor is a therapist. But you've got to understand that when it comes to Jesus, 
and we're on our knees, we're praying on how we're going to get out of the situation, he comes as a strategist. Jesus is a strategist. He lets us know, on bending knees, I will raise you up out of your situation. Uh-uh. Then we find that we say, mighty God. He, has, he is a mighty God because Jesus had the power to go to Calvary. Because he said, no matter how much you, how heavy you think this cross is, this cross is light compared to what I'm getting ready to give for you, uh-huh. which is my life. Then you say, well, well, he's a prince of peace. Well, well, he is a prince of peace because when his world tosses you to and fro, he is a bridge over troubled waters. Oh, yeah. You know, you find that in the midnight hour when you cry, he's going to say, turn it around. Uh-huh. And you find that when in, the, in, the, in this article that I just talked to you about, it's, just, it's, it's interesting because now we find that they didn't take prayer out of the school. And then we start looking at the HBCUs. Most of the HBCUs were founded on Christian principles. And that's where we are because they knew that there was like a prophet Isaiah. They knew they had to speak in existence those things that are not as if they are. And they knew that when it comes to a knock on the door, if Arabic police department come knocking on your door, they're not going to say, is Mrs. So-and-so there? They're going to say, is Mr. So-and-so and so home? That's the way we're predicated on. Because the covenant with God was through man. And man now is a son. So now is the time that we know that our young men are ending up on the couch. We know that we got to pray for them because now is a tumultuous time because now they're acting out those stereotypical things, those negative things. But now we got to fight, church. We got to give it up. We got to give up this, you know, this freedom we have to say, you know, if your God is dead, try mine to be still alive. It's okay to throw money out there, you know, say, we're going to buy some lunches and we're going to do this. But these kids now need you sitting at that lunch table, tell them, telling them how good God has been to you, telling them how once you were homeless, once you were lost, now you found. Telling them how, you know, all of a sudden I, got, I lost my job, but God opened the door, and now I got a job better than I had before. Because I'm here to let you know a child is born and a son is given. All right. We saw that I'm going to write on the same scripture, Isaiah 9 and 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So just for few moments, I want to talk about the victory formation. The victory formation. I have a habit now, and I don't know why I pay for TV because I don't watch it much. What I watch now is YouTube. And I watch YouTube because I can pick what I want. You know, when you watch YouTube, you can go. I don't have to watch today's game. I can watch yesterday's game. If my team is losing this season, I can pick a season where they're winning. I, I think I watch more Carolina winning national championships than they have championships. Why? Because I can relive those situations. And as I was getting prepared for today, I was thumbing through YouTube and I watched and rewatched a game that happened this season. It was between the University of Miami Hurricanes and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Now, Miami had played a good game, and it was about 23 seconds left in this game. 
And all Miami had to do was get in victory formation. And if you want to know what victory formation is, all you got to do is hike the ball and kneel down. Take your lead. But for some strange reason, the Miami Hurricanes coach called in a play, and he asked the running back to run up the middle. And lo and behold, the running back got the ball. He ran about five yards, and guess what they did? They stripped him, and he fumbled. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets got back and got the ball through one play. He went out of bounds. Then they got the ball with about seven seconds left. The quarterback dropped back and threw a touchdown, and Miami lost. And guess what? The commentator kept saying, all you had to do was kneel the ball. All you had to do was kneel. They didn't understand what the coach was thinking about. They didn't understand what the coach was doing. They said, all you had to do was kneel the ball. Church, some of us are going through some things, and guess what? All we got to do is kneel the ball. And Dr. Saul was talking. He said, Isaiah promised us a son will be given. And sometimes you don't understand that you already won the game. You just refuse to kneel the ball. We keep trying to make things more complicated than they really are. Sometimes you got to be able to accept the win however it comes. Sometimes we got a view in our mind how we want things done. We want things to be done our way. But guess what? Just because you want it done that way, that doesn't mean God would like it for it to be that way. If you look at it, a lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he was born in a manger. A lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he was from Nazareth. A lot of people didn't believe in Jesus because he had to run to Egypt. A lot of people don't believe in what you got going on because of where you're from and who your mama is and who your daddy is and how much money you got. But sometimes quit trying to prove people wrong and just kneel down and get in victory formation. You may say what you need. I may need some more Bible. But I believe in the word of God that says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Oh, my God, my God. Sometimes you just got to get down in victory formation. And when you get up, God said he'll heal the land. So quit trying to reinvent the wheel. I remember when I was little. My, my, see, see I, I, I was a grandma's boy. And my grandma's children, including my daddy, would give her some problems every now and then. And I would see grandma be in the kitchen cooking me breakfast. And she would cook me, and I was like, what are yours at? Because she would have a plate, but it was turned upside down. Yeah. And she said, baby, I need your daddy and your uncle and your aunt. They get right. Uh-huh. And what she did, she turned that plate over. Uh-huh. And after a while, she would come up and say, I can eat now because God is about to do a new thing. Yeah. See, some of y'all keep relying on the school system, but you just need to turn the plate down because God is going to go ahead and fix that thing. Yeah. Some of you are relying on the government, and I'm here to tell you, Biden won't do it for you. I'm here to tell you, Kamala Harris can't do it for you. But some things you've got to go back to the old path. And guess, guess what? Get in victory formation. Because when I go down on my knees, 
something has to move. When I go down on my knees, God has to listen. When I go down on my knees, there is a man called Jesus. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is a prince of peace. My challenge to you is to don't get too complicated. Just get in victory formation. For the Bible says, and Jesus said, you have been counted as sheep to the slaughter, but yet you are more than conquerors. For the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. During this holiday season, don't overcomplicate your life. The devil is coming. But you just got to get a victory formation. He ain't got enough time to take you out. Because my Bible says, before he hung his head and died, he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. That means the game is already over. We're just waiting for the buzzer to sound. Get in victory formation. Because one thing is guaranteed. Then guess what? Everybody got the same income in heaven. (laughs) We get so tied up and tangled up with the stuff of the world. And we start letting the world become our barometer of how good God is. But God didn't call the church to be a thermometer. He called the church to be a thermostat. Thermometers read what the temperature is. The thermostat dictates what the temperature is. The church has to get in this rightful place and understand that we can't lose with the God that we use. So, yeah, stuff is going on, but guess what? We can still get a victory formation. Oh, my God. Yeah, bread is high, but you can still get a victory formation. Oh, yes, gas keeps going up and down, but still getting victory formation. Oh, yes, rent keeps going up and up and up, but still getting victory formation. Oh, yes, ads cost you a whole lot, but getting victory formation. Because some of y'all missed it. Some of y'all won't even pray, but we got groceries across the street. Getting victory formation. Some of y'all, oh, my God, my God. We have to understand that God did not give us no tools to fight this war, but the few tools that we have, they are the best that you can have. In my closing, they say Saul was at the front lines, and David came, and he said, y'all running from this Philistine, and Saul said, look, give him the best stuff, and they gave him a sword. They gave him a shield. They gave him all this stuff. David said, I ain't got no experience with that, but what I do have, I got this slingshot, and I got God. And the Bible says that he went and kneeled down at a brook. He got a victory formation. And he picked him five smooth stones. And when he got up, he was able to sling that rock and hit Goliath square in the middle of the head. Stop picking up weapons that you're not prepared to fight with. All you got to do is get in victory formation and get what God has already blessed you with. And guess what? When you swing, you're going to hit that devil square in the middle of the head. And the Bible says that after this, David took 
a bigger sword and cut David, Goliath's head off. Y'all didn't get that. A normal sword was too heavy before he fought. But the big sword was light after he got done. Get in victory formation. You will be stronger after this. God bless you. Yes, everyone, to stand to your feet. Let's give God a hand. Let's give him a hand for giving our two elders a word for us, for our young men, and for us as Christians, letting us know that we need to stay in a victory formation. And one of the most powerful things that we do have is prayer. How many of your grandmothers and your mothers talk here taught you to let you know that prayer changes things. So a lot of times what we have to do, we just have to pray about it. The bell is not yours, it's the Lord.
have to suffer all alone. Then I have to stop and check myself. Cause I already know
are listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Rawley, North Carolina, I'm radio host. Patricia Waterbury, playing all of your favorite hits. Catch the wave seven days a week, 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. at NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina, on our website nfiradio.com or on Facebook at NFI Radio Gospel Network. Or listen by phone by calling 347-215-8049. We also have a television gospel broadcast that airs every Saturday from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. out of DeKalb, Georgia, on DeKalb Channel 25, or live stream us at DeKalb25.com. It's all live right here on the NFI, coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina.
Y'all come on, put your hands up. Yeah. 
to do my thing. Yes, sir. Do your thing. I said, I'm about ready to do my thing. Well, do your thing. Y'all ready? Hello, ready. Everything's gonna be alright. Hey, hey, hey! I got a feeling everything's gonna be Loud as you can 
Are you ready? Be ready. Nashville, you should be ready. Everybody, the whole world, get ready, y'all. Are you ready? In HD2. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. Yo, 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 yo. You're in the mix. Catch the wave on the NFI. Coming to you live in the studio of the NFI Gospel Network. The People's Station. Preach, preach, preach up. I know that's right. Can I get it in an amen? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Holy Ghost DJ. It's your boy on the ones and tunes. Gospel flavor coming at you. 2027 Gospel Station. Keep it locked. That's how we do it around here. NFI. North Carolina. Georgia. California. New York. Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Gospel Network, the number one station in the world.
listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm radio host Patricia Waterbury. I hope you are having a great day. Now back to more gospel music. You're, you're, you're tuned in to the Stellar, Stellar Award with the Internet Radio Station. You're at the right place at the right time. The NFI coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Hold up. Wait just a minute. The station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. We're online 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. The hottest DJ mixing the beat. Beat, 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 beat. Mixing, 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 mixing the beat. In the mix. In the mix. Back to back, beat to beat. Come on, DJ. Hit me with another track. It's on your radio. Keep it locked right here. Showcase fellowship and style. Catch the wave seven days a week, 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. at NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina, on our website nfiradio.com or on Facebook at NFI Radio Gospel Network. Or listen by phone by calling 347-215-8049. We also have a television gospel broadcast that airs every Saturday from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. out of DeKalb, Georgia, on DeKalb Channel 25, or live stream us at DeKalb25.com. It's all live right here on the NFI, coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. 